baby. We in here, yeah, we in here. Been... Y'all better get comfortable with saying black. We in here, yeah, we in here. Black versus the Board of Education. That's why we are indeed a whole mood. That's it. <laughs> I don't know Ew. about that new air horn. We're going to have to do something else. Keela, you got me? What, what we got? Thank you so very much. Welcome to another episode of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen. Of course, I'm the hostess with the mostest. And welcome back to our show today. The episode is called Military Flex, where discipline meets service. Um, And we're going to get started, of course, um, as soon as we get our life uh, together, because I'm not sure what Tevin is doing over in the corner. Um, But Everybody is here except, well, we ain't going to talk about who's not here because they're not here. But we're going to go ahead and start with um, Anaya. How are you doing? What is going on in your world across the country? Um, I'm doing pretty well. I'm staying busy with school and extra stuff outside of school. Okay. And what do you mean, like extra stuff? Um, I'm in clubs, organizations. I go, I just went to a basketball game over the weekend, so I stay pretty busy. Okay, well, sounds great. Sounds great. Thank you for joining us again, Miss Keela. What's up? What's up with you? What's hey, new? Hey, it's your girl, Keela. Um, nothing's new. I'm in school, guys. Woo, woo. Okay, in school for? Um, I'm trying to be a teacher. Okay, we need more teachers. <laughs> now, tell me, now, now, because you know what we do here. Tell me why you're deciding to be a teacher. What, what is it? Um, I just, I think as a whole, I definitely see the need and I think I could definitely change people's lives. Fantastic. I love to hear it. Miss Quinessa is back. What's going on with you? Not much. I'm excited to be in the new office, in the new classroom. Okay. And have my own headphones. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't have to share. That's what's up. You know, because we got to expand some things. Adrian, you holding it down for the fellas. How you doing today? Always do. Oh, oh, that's how you're going to start the day off. We're just going to go right to that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, what else can we expect, right? Um, So today, again, we're talking about military flex where discipline meets service. And we have a special guest who's their very first guest in our brand new podcast studio. Um, Y'all can give it up. It's all good. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Our very first guest in our podcast studio Mr. Jose Avina, is it the second? Yes, ma'am. Okay. See, I, I saw the little eye eyes on, on that. <laughs> so go ahead and introduce yourself. Make sure you get right into that microphone so we can hear you loud and clear. Yes, ma'am. So my name is Jose Antonio Avina, and I am running for mayor of Sacramento. And I am a small business owner right here in downtown Sacramento. I have a gym. Okay. I'm just here to talk about some of my military experience and, you know, how that kind of intertwines with what I'm running for. Awesome. Um, and I know that they've been researching and they got some questions for you, um, but I'm just going to start with the obvious. Like, why are you running for mayor? <laughs> <laughs> that is the golden question. Yeah. So it is. So service, I think the title was perfect, right? Um, yeah. Military discipline and service. Right? You like that? Because I, I came up with that I just off the fly. Genius. Oh, come on. I was like, all right. I like what you're doing there. <laughs> okay. So 
it has a lot to do with uh, giving back to what's given me so much, right? Okay. So um, back in high school, I think if you would ask the individual who's sitting here today where he thought his life would be, it wouldn't be sitting in this office right now. Um, and I'm, com I'm coming from Southern California, and okay. an area that's not as affluent in most other places in the in the uh, city and the uh, country as well. So um, we had three options. Either it's A, you work for the drug cartel, B, you work at Home Depot, oh. right? or you go find a job at the uh, docks right? and working in construction of some sort. Now, that was a really big jump from Home Depot to the cartel. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're just guys, moving weight well, either way. Yeah, no, okay. yeah, yeah. So it's either you're still supporting their economy, right? Uh -huh. just depending which side you want to go. Okay. Um, and I guess there was a fourth option. I mean, if you really wanted to be that person running across the border, but no one wants to do that. So um, I decided, uh, I was like, I'm out of here. I'm trying to get as far, far away from mm -hmm. this place as possible. And I uh, joined the uh, Marine Corps. Oh, yeah. okay. And they sent me to 29 Palms, California. So I was like stoked, uh, just a few miles away from San Diego. So oh, I was about to say, where is that? They're in the middle of nowhere. You never, <laughs> if you find yourself there, question yourself. Like what happened? Wow. <laughs> who did you make mad? Yeah, it's not a great not, place to be. Not who did you make mad? Like that's what you said? Oh, yeah, yeah. Who did you make mad in life? Yeah. Someone, someone was upset at you. Wow. They have the power to put you there and you're like, man, I messed this up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. No, no, it's not. I mean, first time you get assigned, you just, it's the luck of the draw, they say. Uh-huh. But they say that if you get a bad one, you'll get a good one coming up after that. So okay. I can't complain. I've been very fortunate. Got some good assignments after that. And we're going to talk about some of those assignments because I know Anaya has a question and we want to make sure we get her in the conversation. Okay. So, Miss Anaya, go ahead and uh, hit us with your first question. Okay. My first question is how will you use the experience you gain in the military, more specifically your discipline, um, while running this campaign? So this is this is a, a very difficult one for me because um, this entire campaign process has been a learning process for me mm -hmm. in what I can and cannot do and say, right? Um, a lot of people don't realize that the Marine Corps, we as officers, we swore an allegiance to the Constitution already. Okay. Um, so we cannot give a pledge to another party, right? Even a political party, even if we're running for it. Um, it's a very, very fine line you have to walk. So being able to address a situation that someone may feel so passionate about and um, angry inside, and they want to hear you say an answer, but you can't give them the answer because unfortunately, uh, it is the law just doesn't, it isn't in that, you know, swaying in that person's favor, right? Gotcha. And, you know, no matter what, there's always individuals who'll be upset if, you know, whatever the law may be, there's someone who's always going to be upset. But I have to remind them that. I my obligation here uh, is to protect the Constitution mm -hmm. and through the Constitution, your voice is heard through the politicians. So if we're upset, I want to encourage individuals to stand up and run for public office and tell them, like, you know, I hear you. I understand why you're upset. And I and I agree with you. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, because of my military obligations, I'm unable to say what you want me to say. R what I feel inside is not what I can say. Right. Mm. Uh, I have to remind them that please um, do me a favor, you know, run, get involved, run for public office, get the individuals that you feel are going to have your best interests mm -hmm. running for you, representing you. Because as long as we stay on the wayside and allow someone else to come in and do the work for us, it's never going to happen. So um, this, this, uh, this campaign has taught me that even though I may not have the opportunity to speak at all the different forms, mm -hmm. I must maintain my composure and, you know, stand there and 
applaud, you know, the, with the crowd and giving, you know, thanks to the individuals who allowed the candidates to speak mm-hmm. and um, be, um, I guess, okay with the fact that unfortunately my voice isn't being heard at the time because I don't have a political affiliation nor can I raise funding because of my military restrictions. Oh, so th- those are those are things that affect me as a candidate as well. So there are different forms that I haven't been able to speak at because I didn't raise $10,000 or I don't have a political affiliation to a party. Wow. Right. I mean, I just feel like I'm I'm learning, you know, as as I go because there's no way I don't believe I will ever run for public office because I'm always going to say what I feel. Um and I, that is going to get me in trouble. I'm struggling so hard right now not to use the words that I wish I could use. So yeah, trust me. I feel well, this I, isn't a forum, so you can feel free to kind of let your hair down and yeah, you know talk the real with us. But this goes back to the discipline too, right? Well, Even though right, when you're you angry, you still must uh maintain that discipline no matter what. I feel it. Yeah, I you feel it. Be a punching bag for that. Okay. Miss Keeler. Oof. Um, I guess it kind of ties into like a nice question, but like you were a leader in the military. So how do you think that shaped you to be like an adequate um, candidate for mayor? Another phenomenal question. So I think that a lot of times we don't give enough credit to uh, the military and the, and the level of responsibility gives you at a very young age. Right. So um, when I first started in the Marine Corps, I, I excelled at just being told, hey, this is what you have to do and go do this and, you know, be fast and you know act appropriately and so i was able to excel and i was quickly given the responsibility of taking over a as a as a squad leader then a platoon sergeant and then from there given the opportunity to go to officer candidate school to become an officer and lead marines so at an early age you know from the age of 18 to even now you know i've been in the position of always you know having to be in charge of individuals either younger same age or older or more experienced than me too and being able to navigate those situations um, has really humbled me out as a leader and also taught me a lot that I never will have the answers to any of these problems. But if I surround myself with the right individuals mm. and I and I teach and I mentor and I encourage the continuing education of, of my, my Marines, um, I will be able to be more successful on the battlefield mm. or, you know, in this situation, in, in, in an office situation, right, in an office space. But um, focusing on what I can do for my um, my Marines has been my key to success so far. And I don't think I'm going to change it because no matter what happens, uh, they always look out for me and I always look out for them. And I think they realize that if for some reason, you know, Captain Avina would disappear, it'd be a very different story for them. So they do a really good job of taking care of me. And I've learned that if you want to be successful in life, you have to take care of those around you and those Mm. that care about you. And they'll, they'll help you out along the way and make sure you're successful. So I, I think that that's the one thing I would bring to the table in this situation that others don't have. Um, you know, I, I stood the fire watch, you know, I've, I've uh, worked the trenches like everyone else. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've come from uh, the ground up and, you know, I've, I feel like I've earned my position on the table with the other individuals. I didn't go to the fancy Ivy League schools, but I came from, you know, the ranks. And, yeah. you know, so I feel like I could bring that to the table. Adrian. We were saying earlier. There okay. you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Got him. Check, check. Mic check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With what you were saying earlier, um, I'm curious. So knowing what, knowing the limitations you had on your speech and like what you can and cannot say when running, was there a specific event that inspired you to run? Or because I, I believe you were the one of the last candidates to put in your ticket to be mayor. 
So was it like looking at the candidates and being like, I feel like I could beat them or what? Yeah. No, no, that, that's a great question. So no, it was, it was not that I could beat them. No, no, no. It, I mean, obviously, if I felt like I had a winning opportunity here, I, I would have joined the race back in January, like all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't ever, I was minding my own business. You know, I was minding do- your own business. I was doing what I had to do, <laughs> right? I was working on my life, doing my thing. And again, hoping that someone else would run and, and be the change that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it came to the point where everyone had basically announced their, um, their candidacy. We knew who was running already. Um, you can look at their, their agendas or candidate statements and everything. And, you know, I realized, you know, I even reached out to a couple of them. I wanted to know more about them. And I realized that, you know, I hear what you're trying to do, but you sound just like every other politician right now. And I just need to hear that you're going to go to work, you know, and, and actually put in the work to do what we need to do and be the change, the leadership, right? That those are the different things that I wasn't seeing. The individuals, you know, in, in our in our position um, in the military, we don't get to pick and choose who leads us, mm-hmm. right? And so, unfortunately, we have to deal with bad leadership all the time. And sometimes we have good leadership, but unfortunately, good leadership only lasts for so long, and they get promoted and move on to the next one. Um, but in this situation, I realized, like, well, I'm in. I don't have to deal with this situation. Like, I can run for public office, and I can be the leader that I choose to have for myself running. Right? Be the person you see in the mirror, and 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 hope to be the change, right? So start mm-hmm. from within. And if no one else is doing it, then I guess that's your opportunity to step up and say, you know, I will be that person to, to walk the fine line and do the things that others say they'll do. Because again, I don't want to, I'm not at all interested in being a career politician. Mm. I, I just want to, I want to fix the things we have to work on, get the city back on track, you know, make sure that we're, we're set up for whatever might come down the road, either it's a financial crisis or unfortunately if it's another war and I pray to God it's not, but I want to make sure we're in the position so that if God forbid, like I have to leave, I have a home to come back to, mm-hmm. right? That's where I'm thinking about. Like, you know, a lot of people wonder like why? And it's like, cause I'm about to commit a lot of my time and energy into trying to protect this nation. If God forbid we go to war and I want to make sure that when I come home and it's all said and done, like there's a home to come home to and we didn't destroy ourselves from within. Right. And there's a lot of things happening right now that we're simply just one bad decision away from a completely different life here in Sacramento and the state. But we can't control what happens at the state level. Right. We can't control what happens at the federal level. But the only thing we can do is control what happens at the local level, because that's me and you running for local office and making a change and a difference. Right. So, yeah, if I was going to focus my time and energy in something, you know, before I leave, I was going to be trying to fix my community. So that's awesome. Miss Quinessa. I've got two questions. One's just a clarifying one. So your, um, I guess, need to adhere to the Constitution, would that also apply to the way that you would um, be operating in office? Yes. Do you want me to answer that one first and then go to the yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was waiting for like, second. What was the other part? No. Yeah. Um, so yes, it, you know, and it's, and you know, again, I go back to, I, I had to sign, you know, another document basically, you know, reminding me of my, my legal obligations, right. To uphold the constitution. If you want something changed, I, you know, I can support you. I can help you write up the documents and point you in the right direction to make the change. But at the end of the day, you know, I have to, I have to adhere to the constitution and I have to defend that. Um, there is no, there is no gray area for that one for me. It's, you know, there's, you know, it's either right or left, right. One or two black or white. Like it is, unfortunately there is no gray area. So I have to go 
um, with what the Supreme Court may have ordered and whatever, whatever situation we might be talking about. Okay. And my other question is, what would you say to your voters who would question someone who, because the Constitution was written in 1787 and not updated until 1992, mm -hmm. or was the last update was 1992. So what would you say to voters who might question a candidate whose loyalty is to a, a document that is over 30 years old now? Yeah, a piece of paper. I, I, I mean, it is... Trust me, it is it is the one thing um, that keeps us from doing the bad thing, right? So um, people don't realize, but Marine Corps officers, we are um, we have uniform items we're supposed to carry at us at all times, right? And so one of those items is the Constitution, right? So when we're overseas, we must hold, you know, you know. Close. You said you have to carry it on you. You carry like where you carry it. Ah, you have your left breast pocket and your right breast pocket. You like, is it folded up like a bill? No, fold? I have like a what you... tiny little, oh, a tiny one, tiny little constitution, okay. pocketbook constitution. You know, pocket Bibles too. Oh, right. And usually it goes in one of your pockets. You know, to okay. You. There, there, there are little um, rituals, I guess you would call them that. You know, people do, right? Either a you carry your cross in a certain you know spot. You know, just mm -hmm. it is that ritual that keeps you safe, right? Some people put okay. the Bible up here to keep them safe from a bullet coming from straight, right? Yeah. Um, they're little rituals, but um, for us, when we go overseas, you know, we have certain things that we carry with us, a lot of paperwork, but in those, in that paperwork is the constitution, right? And um, we are always striving to be a, a good reflection of the constitution, uh, meaning that we are trying to protect the rights of all the individuals. And I understand I'm, I'm one of them too. Um, it, I find it difficult times where um I'm I'm being told we have to do these things, but then you know I don't I don't necessarily agree with them, right? And unfortunately, it is um, the oath that you want your officers going overseas to uphold is is like if I give you my word, it's my word. Unfortunately, no matter what, um, sometimes you know we find ourselves in a position where I don't like the person or I don't like what happened. I, I lost the bet, but I don't have to uphold my end of the bet. Like you know it's a very dangerous world when we start kind of going down that rabbit hole of like, what is, what, what will you keep? What promises do you keep? And what promises don't you keep? Right. And, and unfortunately, once you give your word, I feel like you have to keep it no matter what. And again, this goes back to where I encourage all individuals to, to run for office or at least put pressure on the individuals who can make those changes to vote in those, in those manners. But um, I, I agree with you. It's been years since we've updated the, uh, the constitution. I think that it wasn't meant to be, one and done. I think it was meant for us to make adjustments and amendments along the way and make it better, right? To reflect what, what's going on now in, in the world. So, but again, that's the people's voice and that's the people's paper, right? So it was written with ink, just like, you know, any other document. So I believe that we should, if you want to make the change, we should be running for, for office or running or pushing individuals or supporting individuals to make those changes in office. Awesome. Um, if you're just now joining us, we're talking with candidate for mayor, um, Jose Avina II. Um, the episode is called Military Flex, where discipline meets service. And I have a quick question because I'm actually learning a lot just from what you're saying about the military and the different restrictions you have. Um, what other restrictions are you having to abide by that doesn't that you know, probably limits how effective you could be as a candidate. Because I heard you can't raise money, which we know politics and, and money go hand in hand in terms of yeah. the reach you're able to get, you know, with the ads and things that you buy. So what other restrictions are you yeah. 
having to abide by? I think the, there are good restrictions. Um, so there's another one where I cannot uh, take any kind of funding from any organization. Okay. So, I mean, I think those are important ones, right? Especially for a candidate running. I think that you want a candidate who isn't taking any money from any organization that has, you know, put pe- or profits over people. Mm. Right? So yep. I think it's important to, I think that's one that every politician should basically run by because at this point, I'm simply listening to the concerns and voices of the people. I don't care what the corporations want. Like, I don't go to the um, the corporate fundraisers or any of their events. Like, there's no need for me. I mean, mm-hmm. those people who make all that money are not the individuals I'm working to represent. They, some of them don't even live in the area, right? They just have a say in it. Yeah. Um, so I'm not taking any of those uh, corporate funding, which I think is a, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I don't th- I don't see it as a limitation. Others may see it as a limitation. I see it as an opportunity. Just in terms of getting your message out more, because that's yeah. what the money really is for, is to buy ads and mailers and all yeah. this other stuff. So this is true, but I also see this opportunity as to getting out and about and working with you know local podcasts, such as yeah, yourself, right, and kind of yeah. you know thinking outside the box, like how else can I get my message out there and you know speaking with your audience, you know, I think gives me a better opportunity to reach them directly and mm-hmm. kind of talk openly about some of the things that you have concerns, right? You you represent your your audience, right? They listen to you because they have similar, you know, attributes, right? So right. I think that this is a great opportunity for me to get out there and, you know, talk to the local audience a little bit closer on a different level. And, you know, you're not getting a mailer. And I'm sorry, I'm also a big on sustainability. So mailers are... <laughs> they go in the trash anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's just, it kills me. I'm like, we're over here talking about how, you know, the homeless situation needs funding, right? They right. have, they have fundraised nearly a million dollars. They could do something collectively as one if they truly want to make a difference, well, but they haven't done it, right? They yeah. could put their party, they could put themselves aside and say, hey, I'm going to do it for the greater good of the people. At the end, you elect who you believe is best. B... All this waste that we're just creating right now is things, materials that they could have purchased for and behalf of those individuals who truly need it right now. Mm. And also, we're not creating more waste on this planet. And they talk about, we had two forums this last week about sustainability and reducing the carbon footprint, but not a single candidate mentioned about, you know, how much waste goes into um, political campaign uh, Mm. material. So, I mean, there's some issues that I have with that. Like, and those are some of the things that I hope to bring to the table and say, hey, look, you're like, that guy might not have won, but he got pretty close, maybe made a difference, maybe, you know, you know. At least we know his name now, huh? Boom, that's it. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so, you know, but, you know, I did it a little differently, right? Yeah. It it was, it was not so much of, you know, I didn't rely on the money that would potentially, could could have came in, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I relied on just trying to get the word out, working with local um, organizations and companies to get the message out there. And I think it's, at the end of the day, it's teaching me a lot more because I'm, I'm understanding more um, of what's really happening and they're telling me their concerns. So I feel like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm getting more out of this. Um, and I'm, I'm taking away from this opportunity more than I'm actually losing, I think. So yeah. I'm grateful for the opportunity. And before we go to, um, Anaya, uh, I'm looking at the uh, comment in the chat and it says, what is your background? And I don't, I don't know exactly what it's trying to, but what I'm, I'm just going to guess, um, what is your background in, how has it helped you prepare? And I think it's kind of along the same lines as what Anaya and Keila asked earlier. Um, but we want to, any info on all neighborhoods. Um, so you're running for mayor, the whole area of Sacramento. Um, do you have any ideas of, of the places you may want to target in some of the um, things that you're seeing that you think need 
to kind of be focused on? Yeah. So we have, so we focused heavily on the downtown area for a long time, right? Uh -huh. A lot of the funding goes to the downtown area. All of area, it. Right. Uh -huh. So um, it's time to, to now we need to focus on remote working, right? This is the pitch. Mm. The, the pitch that I'm trying to make is remote working. So if we, if we design a, a city, you know, around remote working, then we can now divvy up that funding that used to only go to downtown and focus it to the other districts, right? Mm -hmm. Redistributioning of the funds. Because now those individuals live in those other districts, right? And don't just work there, but they live, work, and everything um, happens there. So we have to start redesigning our, our urban sprawl, right? So more focus on a half mile um, plan, but basically it's a, it's a European style plan, but everything you need is within a half mile. Mm. right where you live where you work your grocery store schools and everything is within a half mile so basically condensing um the urban sprawl and making it more kind of like microgrid systems like smaller small areas so um this will help in in multiple different ways too right and i have that military mindset so i'm always thinking about well china and iran already came out and said like hey you know as soon as you guys act up we're going to shut off your electricity right so we're like okay well we got to be mindful of that that's a real threat the yeah. cia fbi already came out and said hey yeah there is malware we know it we just can't turn it off so we're working on something to fix it but that's not a guarantee so by creating smaller microgrid systems we enable ourselves to be able to now uh, take ourselves off the main grid mm -hmm. and god forbid they do attack us well guess what they only take out small portions of our communities that and the rest of the other communities will continue to operate just fine uh, for instance last night downtown um they were just complaining about the Safeway running out of electricity. Right? Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh, we can't open the refreezers because uh, they're going to run out of, uh, uh, what do you call it, cold air to keep the, uh, the what do you call it, the frozen goods uh, um, from perishing. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's a, okay, great. Yeah, but that, that same situation, a lot of people around our community have, right, on a regular basis. Um, so if we, if we now take the same concern and apply it to every other district, now just think, how much worse it is in those other districts that have less energy, right? Because yeah. the power grid distribution is also different. So um, creating smaller microgrid systems allows us to achieve multiple different things. You don't have to travel as far anymore to get your groceries or to go to the gym or go to work and everything. So that's less strain on your vehicle, which puts more money back in your pocket at the end of the year. One of the other things is by having a microgrid system, we can also better provide produce that better fit your style, right? Um, and have it shipped to a corner store for pickup only and having uh, cooling systems designed to hold your goods for when you need them, right? So a lot of these things have already kind of been worked on and done overseas, but unfortunately they are very open to new ideas and progressive, you know, uh, models. And unfortunately in the United States, we, you know, we prioritize, you know, cars and gas and everything else that, doesn't really bring us happiness, right? Um, with that 0.5 uh, mile radius, you also look at, you know, more community gardens and community spaces, right? To create mm -hmm. more outdoor activities for families and, and community engagement. Those are key to happiness at the end, at the end of the day, right? And if we want to keep the, the remote workforce, you know, happy and content here without moving, we need to invest in them too and their well-being. Uh, being. So, putting the money back into the workforce that's going to sustain this economy mm -hmm. for the next, you know, six, eight, 10 years, because that's the future that we're all moving in. Sacramento just got lucky. We got, we're at the head of the curve. And so um, we are now getting ready for the remote workforce, mm -hmm. but we're still now trying to go back and right back and forth. Right? Mm -hmm. So we just have to commit, like, where are we going? Let's see. Educated, Educated in Sacramento County in neighborhoods you have lived in.
I have not been educated in Sacramento County. So I actually come from San Diego. He comes from San Diego. Yeah. And what neighborhoods so, have you lived in out here? So I lived in, when I first came to uh, Sac State, I lived in, uh, well, I lived on campus, but then I moved to uh, Fair Oaks, Fair Oaks and Howe. Mm -hmm. And then from Fair Oaks and Howe, I moved downtown or uh, I was on 65th and I don't even know what. That was a while ago. I mean, I've been in a couple of different neighborhoods, but, but moving closer to downtown, actually, I just kind of been moving in that direction. My gym is downtown, too. Okay. And what gym is that? Uh, Sacramento Eco Fitness. Eco Fitness. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, it's a little different. We harness the human body energy to produce clean energy at the gym. Interesting. Yeah. So I told you, I'm not, I'm, I think <laughs> outside the box, like, you know, I feel it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I can make it a little bit Clean better. Energy in the gym. Yeah. So those are some of the other is things. Is that because of sweat? Like why? No, no, no. Movement is energy. It's connected. Oh, move. Energy, okay. Right? So every time you're on a cycle, you're producing energy. Uh -huh. You're on a treadmill, you're producing energy. Okay. <clears throat> Lifting weights, dropping them. That's kinetic mm -hmm. energy, right? Movement is energy. So okay. harnessing that on a regular basis is also something I want to try to bring to the city, right? It's right. completely different. And so I just want to make sure because I don't go to the gym for real. Um, and oh, so when you say you're harnessing it, you're harnessing it for the individual or are you guys putting it back into the gym to run the electricity? Yeah. Like, yes. No, no, that's a no. great question. Yeah. So that okay. energy, so, um, that energy is redirected into a battery that we have on the wall. So it is a battery. Yeah. yeah of course. Come yeah. on. I can listen and interpret. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. I got it. Miss Anaya. <laughs> she's like, she's crazy. I know. I know. I'm going to tone it down. <laughs> so my question is, other than what you previously stated, what are some issues that you see in Sacramento? And if elected, how do you plan to help solve them? And if you don't end up winning, are you still interested in helping solve those issues? Yes, uh, this is a great one. So um, a couple of the different candidates have reached out to me and asked if I would come on board and work with them afterwards, right? Because my sustainability um, insight, right? It's, it's something that aligns with what the state's trying to do and the city, right? So um, I would absolutely love to jump on board and work with an individual who will give me the opportunity to really focus on bringing Sacramento to the forefront of sustainability and development and innovation, mm -hmm. right? So um, that that's something I'm extremely pas passionate about. I think that it's the future of the world, right? We need to find more solutions faster than, than we, we are working at right now because you know, the numbers have come out and, you know, if we continue at this rate of growth, uh, we're going to run out of food pretty soon and we're going to run out of resources. So I definitely mm. want to tackle that and make sure that we as a community are prepared for that, right? Flooding is a big problem, right? And unfortunately, now with all the natural disasters we have, they're acts of God now, so they're no longer covered by insurance. So now we have to look at ways for us to protect our infrastructure so that we can prevent that, um, you know, that that financial burden that will come towards the end. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so there are a lot of things that we have to kind of look at to try to prepare ourselves for yeah. what the world's going to throw at us. And so regardless of the situation, like I said, I want to make sure that there is a community for me to come home to when it's all said and done. Um, I, I've, I've sworn my, um, my oath of office to, to my Marines as well. So yeah, God forbid, you know, we do go to war, I will go, um, and I'll answer the call. And so that requires me to also make sure that, you know, I also invest into my community, regardless if I don't win, because at the end of the day, I, I this is home and yeah. I will always give my hundred percent to my home and to my family. So I will do what I can to bring change, right. And focus on and building a future for everyone. And again, it's not about, it's not about me. It's about the people. So if at the end of the day, if the people are in good hands and we're moving in the right direction, that's all I care about. 
Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and you were saying um, you're talking about, you know, being responding to natural disasters or even having a, a plan in place. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that refreshing because people act like ain't nothing going on. No, oh, yeah. And and they live in la la land most of the time and, and nobody's really talking about, you know, okay, well, if A, B, C, D or happens. What are we going to do? What is the plan? Are we not going to tell anybody the plan yeah. and just hope that everybody gets it at that's, the end of the day? The um, yeah. And so to hear you say, you know, this is what's going on in, in the world and this is how I plan to respond to it using a community approach. I appreciate that. Miss Keela. Okay. Um, so, okay. Um, so I don't know if you can answer this. But it's kind of like a girl. What you about to ask? Because it's just like I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of confused on like on like no. I'm just kind of confused on like um because you said you can you can't just voice like your feelings towards things, but you could like I just didn't really understand that. So I'm gonna ask this question. You let me know if you can answer it. So like the biggest like conspiracy theories out there, like with the world base that you think is gonna come true. Mm -hmm. Do you can you answer that or? I mean, okay, so let, let's let's break down conspiracy yeah, okay. theory real quick. Huh? Yes, please. All right, so <laughs> one of the key words on this uh, is theory, right? Yeah. So we have to go back. It's, it's, if it's not a fact yet until it's been proven or tested, mm-hmm. right? So I, we can go on a theory or an, an, an intel lead, right? I mean, I guess you can kind of make an argument for both, right? Mm-hmm. One could be, you know, it's up to you. Here's some, here's some rumor on the street. You go with it, run with it, decide if it's good intel or bad intel, right? It's, I guess it's up to you to decide, but then that's for you, right? Let's put you in my position, mm-hmm. right? It's your job to make sure your Marines stay safe, right? Or your crew here, right? So you got to do the research, right? And, you know, you gave me some good intel. You're saying that this could happen, but where? Find the truth, right? Because at the end of the day, you made a promise to every parent that they belong to that you'll keep them safe and that you'll do everything you can in your power to keep them safe, right? So that means you don't get any sleep. You don't get any sleep. You have to study through the night to make sure you got all the information necessary. So, and they're well rested to go do the job. So, um, I cannot go on a, on a hinge or a conspiracy theory. I can only deal on facts. Mm. So you can bring me something and I'll say, okay, I hear you. I understand it. Um, but with it, you got to prevent, you provide me some facts with it. Right. So if you want me to make a decision based on a hunch, I cannot make a decision mm-hmm. based on it. And I understand I have to achieve an, a, a decision. Right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes making no decision in the time being is still making a decision. Right. So, um, what conspiracy theory are we talking about? So like, say for instance, like, okay, I don't know if everybody got like the weather app yesterday and it was like, oh, there's going to be a flood and like, we are going to be on flood watch. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think something like that can happen? And then it's like, what resources or what would be your game plan for okay. that? Okay. This is a very real, I don't know if you really want to go into this on a podcast, but it's a very real situation. You know, I, I like real I, situations. Yeah. So right. let's do it. All right. So. War gaming, right? We already know. Um, if we were to do something to China, right, it would be a natural disaster of, of an effect, right? If we were to do anything to Russia, it'd be a natural disaster of an effect. We use nature to our to our advantage. Never use any kind of weapons, right? Um, what is to stop, right, um, China from doing the same to us, mm-hmm. right? We the FBI already came out and said that they have already embedded themselves in our infrastructure, right? So what does that mean to you? Well, what it means to me is that they are sitting already and inside the data centers and bases that control, you know, certain um, mechanisms that allow for the floodgates to open, right? Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to quickly wipe out a population and, and render them 
um, incapable to move any kind of uh, manpower or equipment for a couple of days, you just flood the entire landmass, right? So um, we sit in a bowl. Um, th those are very real situations that mm -hmm. could happen to Sacramento. And those are some of the things that I think about and in my line of work. And so again, when I was, when we're doing these things overseas, I'm like looking back, I'm like, well, damn, like if we're talking about that's what we would do to them, I'm looking back and I'm like, well, I mean, what we're not prepared, right? So this, if you read between the lines, this is also why I'm running for office, right? So I'm like, okay, well, shit. You fine. Okay, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, man, I can cuss out. Thank you. Man. <laughs> oh, man. We real. Come on. Oh, okay. I could have been. All right. So, yes. We, yeah. So, I'm like, well, well, fuck. We're fine, oh. right? And like, no, that's the reality of the situation. Like, that's the important. Like, that's where we're at. And I'm like, okay, so we, we face a real problem, a real situation where a lot of our power grid is controlled under one database center. Now we try to split things up. And, you know, but it doesn't negate the fact that there might already be, you know, some kind of virus in there. And that, that requires us to do a lot of, in, you know, internal looking. And, you know, that requires more money to be able to pre prevent or kick them out, right? Yeah. Um, so flooding is a, is a quickest way to basically wipe out all of our resources to be able to mobilize any kind of um, National Guard or response forces mm -hmm. because they're all focused internally now, too, mm -hmm. and fo focus on the uh, population. Hey, that's a that's a great question, right? So no, I mean, I mean it's a statement, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's it's a yeah. So you are absolutely correct. Like you don't chop off the hand that's feeding you. Um, oh. And but I think that we're getting towards a point where it's at one point someone's going to flex, right? And someone's going to call the shot and say, hey, you know, enough's enough. You've been you know picking on my friend over here for too long, or hey, you know, all those loans that we've given you, it's time to start paying them back. Uh. You you, under, you understand there's Russia, uh, what is it? I'm sorry, it's um, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and like one other country. Um, you talking about BRICS? Iran and yeah, BRICS, right? Mm -hmm. And Saudi Arabia came together, mm -hmm. and they're making their own currency for a reason. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I think ain't that, nobody playing with us no more. No, no, no <laughs> one wants to play with the U.S. The U.S. is so divided in everything that we've been doing. Yeah. Right. And so we're so busy fighting each other and going over these little things that these bigger players are making these moves and, you know, we're just unaware thinking that we're completely safe because we have the, the ability to project our global might so far out, but mm -hmm. we didn't realize that they were just simply digging a tunnel from, from underneath <laughs> and then boom. Right. So it happens to every great civilization. Yeah. We, we are at that point where we need to start figuring out what's going to happen for America going forward. Yeah. And so if you're just joining us, Military Flex, where discipline meets service with mayoral candidate Jose Avina. Um, and then there's also a, a comment in the chat, uh, protections for businesses. So I guess we, we need to kind of segue into what is your plan in protecting businesses or especially small businesses, micro businesses mm -hmm. that are operating here in the county of Sacramento? And once you get to that, then Adrian is going to follow next. So, okay. So, yeah, so it's a huge problem now. Um, and I think that we've been, if you look at the crime rate, it's been going down. Retail theft has been going up. Um, theft in general, um, crime in general, are due to lack of opportunities in certain areas, right? Uh -huh. So, and again, like, I, I, I deal with trying to get to the root cause of the problem uh -huh. and trying to figure out how we can solve the problem with as little funding as possible and maximize our resources available to us, right? So um, theft is the issue. Everyone wants to put more police officers on the, on the streets to deter them and everything. 
that's only a band-aid to the situation, right? Like what is the re really, the reality of is that, that this is organized at some level, right? Uh -huh. So we got to go after those individuals because they're the ones also putting this, you know, this mob, you know, theft mob together to go and start this uh, raid, uh, you know, organize, you know, theft through the, uh, through the streets. So, and there's going back to someone's challenge to, uh, what do you call it, to sell again. Mm -hmm. So going after those individuals is important to me, but really at the, at the end of the day is what in the community have we failed? Obviously we have those answers. We know where we failed in the community investment and, and resources. I think someone had something about some education, like we really failed the, uh, the communities in, in the beginning. So, um, the problem is the problem that we as a community also created. And we, we, we silenced the voices for far too long and didn't listen mm -hmm. and said, Hey, the next, you know, election, next generation will, will fix it and, and solve it. But the reality is that if, if they were happy and content with everything they were given in life and the opportunities, there'd be no need to, to steal in the first place. Right. So we must ask ourselves, like, is, is it that, um, crime is on the rise and crime is a problem? Or is it lack of opportunities and resources in certain mm. areas the problem? And I, I would argue with the lack of resources and opportunities is, is the root cause of this problem. So how do we fix that is, is the question that I would tackle and trying to make sure that if we can focus on the communities that are, are let, disadvantaged and you know pump more resources to create opportunities from within, then maybe we can help solve some of these uh, you know, questions that we have. And then maybe we'll start seeing a deterrence in, in uh, uh, public theft or, you know, retail theft. Um, but in the meantime, in order for us to, I think the only quickest way for us to really kind of put a, a slowdown to this is either A, you know, work with um, um, different organizations uh, to bring on what I, community service officers. And I say different organizations because I want community members to, to become involved. And community service officers are a little different. They're not sworn officers, uh -huh. right? They're representatives, they're volunteers. Uh, they wear the light blue shirts and everything. Um, but they can, uh, they can act as a deterrence, right? And a lot of times in the communities, if we bring people who are local, um, uh, influential individuals in the community, then they can also kind of call an individual and say, you know, I know you by, by name. Like, you know, you should think twice before committing this crime. Um, it's not, it's not going to be the guaranteed, you know, problem solver right there and that then. Uh -huh. um, but at the same time, we're not putting more cops that shouldn't be on the street, on the street. Right? Mm. I want to make sure that if, if the people want more um, public representatives and on the streets with badges, then we got to go through a better vetting system to make sure they're mm. at the right caliber of individual before we um, give them the opportunity to even go to the academy. Mm. Right. And that's well, why I kind of want that. Well, you about to get me to raise you an offering real quick um, <laughs> because that's that's exactly right. We who are we putting in yeah. place to police communities? Um, that begs to question. But Adrian, um, so in America, whether we thinking locally or federally, do you think there are issues that we are spending too much time thinking about with more important things going on? Um, you know, it's it's a no because every issue that we're we're addressing is important to somebody. Right. So at the end of the day, um, everyone has a voice, a want, and a need in this country. Right. And it should be, we should, in this country, you have the opportunity to go after it. Right. And um, so at times, people are putting some of their energy into certain things that they feel is important to them. Right. If it's important to you, then I, I believe that you should go all in on it. And 
um, give it maximum effort to, and see it through. Um, what I, what I personally don't like is seeing individuals half-ass something, mm-hmm. you know, where they say, Hey, you know, I'm about this, you know, I don't agree with this and I want to change blah, 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 but th- that's it. You know, they just simply go to Instagram or, you know, social media and, and they post one picture or they say one thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But is that going to bring change? Like, you know, change is created by you stepping up and making the difference, right. And getting out there and doing the things that others aren't willing to do. So I think that that's where I want individuals. I think that if America started doing that a little bit more, I think that we'd be in a completely different place because a lot of us want change. We, we, we argue about different things that are important to us. Um, but that's where it stays, right? We will, we'll make our two arguments and then, you know, we'll, we'll let it be and we'll walk away and that's it. But, you know, just having a little bit more follow through, I think that we would solve those, some of those issues and move on to the next big problem and then solve another problem, move on to the next big problem. But we've become too much of like, Hey, we got a lot of problems to solve because we've created a lot of problems and we just let Mm. it be without addressing them. So that's where we're at right now, unfortunately, but they're, they're, in my opinion, they are important to somebody. So they're important to me and they should be important to everyone um, running. Yeah. I love that. Um, because you are very practical. Um, you're not coming in here to sell a bill of goods. You're not coming in here talking about, um, the pie in the sky with the unicorn in the corner. Um, saying that what problems? What we don't have any problems. Like, I love the practicality, uh, Miss Quinessa. Um, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> this girl. Um, <laughs> under your phase one of your three year plan, uh, you mentioned hiring a hundred new police officers mm-hmm. as one of your goals. Um, if not adding those to sort of your community effort, um, community officers. Mm-hmm. Where do you see um, that extra police force being used now? So, and can I give you a caveat? Yes, because there has been a lot of uprisings regarding how the police are dealing with the people. Mm-hmm. And if you're people focused and you're talking about these 100 police officers, um, are they going to be the community service officers you're talking about, or are we going to put them at the PD? Um, where we're already having issues with how they relate to the community. Mm-hmm. Love that question. So it is, um, I believe in the long-term investment, mm-hmm. right? So it, I believe that in order for us to find the right people for the right job, we need to evaluate them for about two to three years to figure out who they truly are. Those individuals would be community service officers, right? 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds looking for an opportunity to become- So like the military officer. age. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, because there's also a lot of National Guard in our area, and, and a lot of them are going to Sac State to get their education in really? poli- you know, political science to run, run, uh, to <laughs> become either, uh, what do you call it, uh, public service officers or something else down the road, law, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. So um, there isn't already an interest, you know, at Sac State, and there's an interest within the military. A lot of my Marines are just simply waiting to turn 21 to go, you know, try out for the academy. So there are a lot of individuals who I believe are the right caliber, mm-hmm. just simply have to wait. Or when they're waiting, they find something better, right? Because they're, they are of good caliber and they're, they're, they're individuals that everybody would want to have on their mm-hmm. team. So they get a better job and they move on with life. And unfortunately, um, not to say that this goes for every individual wearing the badge, no. Unfortunately, individuals um, who find themselves wearing a badge is because, you know, they're like still looking for something else. Like what is, you know, what else am I going to go do? And so... Um, some people have thought about and dreamed about that and that's what they want to do. And they set themselves up for that career path. And mm-hmm. so those are the good ones and others, you know, you kind of like, Hey, 
you're 21, 22, you're still interested, you can join the military, you know, anything else you might be interested in, fire department, you know, EMT, you also got police, like, you know, so we might just be recruiting just to recruit. And that's, that's the problem too, right? I think that we need to have more of a, in this situation, more of a Marine Corps approach to the recruiting, right? We don't need you. Mm. Nor, nor do we, nor, you know, we, we, we don't really want you either. Right. Um, we got plenty of people in the ranks. We got the right people in the job, like, but show us that you belong here and we'll be open to the possibility of giving you opportunity to try out and become a United States Marine. Right. And, uh -huh. and that's been very successful for the Marine Corps. Um, not the other branches, the other branches have thrown money, they've thrown opportunities and everything, but the Marine Corps will say, Hey, look it, prove to us that you can do 20 pull-ups, prove to us that you can run this, this speed. Like by the time I left for boot camp, like we were maxing out our scores and, and that was, you know, even during the war, mm -hmm. you know, they were like, Hey, you can't go unless you're maxing out your scores. So, I mean, th that's the, that's the caliber of individual you should be fighting for, right? They're like the right candidate. And what they would always say is that we're looking for the right candidate, right? So it's right. not, we don't need 82 candidate officers. No, we don't need 30. It's like, if we just graduate four, then we got the right four to leave. And it's like, and that's, that should be the objective. And so I say a hundred is a goal, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's a meaningful goal for any, any police department. Um, but at the end of the day, if you only got three, but three of the right caliber, you have three good officers who are going to actually take care of the community mm -hmm. and make the community feel safe. Right. And that, that. And that's what you want. You want the community to come out and be enjoyed and, and join their, their public areas. But if they're not feeling safe and protected, then they're going to stay home. Right. Cause it's yeah. safer to stay at home than it is to go outside. So, I think that getting the right individual is important. So maybe changing that to the goal is a hundred, but if you only get three of the right caliber, then that's what you have and be proud of those three because they're the right three. So I hear quality over quantity. 100%. Gotcha. All right. So we are running out of time and I'm, I want you guys to get in your last questions. So we're going to do a quick, uh, quick round of questions. Okay. Um, probably have you like one minute answers so we can go to the next one. Okay. Uh, Miss Anaya, you are first. Okay. Um, I was just wondering, why did you decide to start your gym? <laughs> because he maxed out his scores you weren't listening <laughs> yeah no um a suit wasn't for me i used to work in an office uh when i got done with my active duty time in the marine corps um yeah it just wasn't happy uh, i just wasn't happy and fulfilled with what i was doing uh helping people achieve their goals is what really makes me happy and fulfilled and so i find meaning in that and so i opened a gym instead uh, a lot of people were upset with me because, you know, I left the guaranteed pay salary, but I'm happy to this day. So I wouldn't change that at all. I actually wow. look forward to going back to that one day. Right now, I've been giving up a lot of that right now. Your gym? You've been yeah, giving it up? Personal training because of oh, personal all, all training. of this that I've been doing. Yeah. yeah. See, Lisa should have stayed because she she's a personal trainer here, too. Well, she would have loved to meet you, I think. Or well, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, Keela. <laughs> Um, I just know on your website, you talked about um, expanding um, early childhood education. I just wanted to know, like, what was your main focus with that? Because I know you did say that, like, you want within point five of, like, the schools and the grocery store. So if you could just expand on that real quick. Yes, love that. So um, I believe that we should be investing as much time and energy and money into the early development of all our children. Um, and right now there's a bill to, you know, before K, right. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm fully in agreement with before K. Um, but a lot of people don't realize that early development child and any child is important because it allows them to, to expand, um, their, their brain wavelengths, right? So it gives them the opportunity to start really turning on those receptors and really start, you know, 
building the brain cells to give them the knowledge necessary to be ready to go and explore the world afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. It makes them more intuitive. Um, it, if we teach them languages at a very young age, it will give them the opportunity to also be able to be successful in mm -hmm. business as well. So those are some of the things that I believe are important. I think that if you have small community areas, uh, you can provide uh, early childhood or child care uh, services for the local community and help kind of reduce that cost to the families because it is very expensive, mm -hmm. very expensive. Mm. Adrian. Are there any policies in place now that if elected, you're looking to expand on or get rid of altogether? Um, the fundraising for me is ridiculous for the political campaigns. Yeah. So I, I would go after that. Like if, if you ask me the honest truth, I would put term limits and I would make sure that the funding from outside sources is no longer a thing because the amount of funding that these individuals are getting from organizations that have, you know, their own personal um, wants and needs mm -hmm. is ridiculous. And so if you're running for mayor of Sacramento, like, why are you listening to the corporations? Like, you know, you should be listening to the people that come from your community. So uh, that blows my mind. So I'll change that too. Mm -hmm. And probably also look at the pay, um, the increases right now, especially as we're going to a deficit, the pay should be reflective of the local community. The fact that we have individuals making more money than the local medium in their areas. That's also ridiculous. So, yeah. Amen. I'm just here to start fires. I love it. I love it. Miss <laughs> Cordessa. Um, if you were elected and you were um, called to duty, what would that transition of power look like? Mm. Yeah, that's a great, great question. question. Yep. Thought about that. Um, so there is a, so I am fortunate right now, if God forbid, if there was a war where every personnel was, was activated, then I would have to go. I mean, most of the people here in this room would have to go somewhere, right? So um, that that I don't I don't think that I. Wait, did it, you do? Yeah, I saw. I saw. What you mean? Yeah. Elaborate. Yeah. Well, they 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 do uh, so, they, the draft, yeah, right? That's what. That, though. Yeah. Well, I saw some paperwork that day. Yeah, so I don't know yeah. if you knew that, but everyone here is uh, eligible for the. Uh, Why? Everyone who? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we also raised the age limit too. Yeah, so don't you? Everyone who? <laughs> No, <laughs> no, but no, the, the truth is, <laughs> look at my young people like, uh, uh, no one. Hey, don't worry though. There is a marketing team too, right? Like I would jump right into it. Like I bring you this asset, right? Here. Like I can, I can be a podcast. Like I can help. Like there's, there are other jobs out there. Don't worry. And don't be the first to, to wait to be signed up. I'm going to tell you that right now. Oh, yeah. well, no, okay. but, um, if no, don't be scared. So, is, is are you saying do it voluntarily before they involuntarily sign you 100%. up? One hundred percent. Really? 100%. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you I'm going to have, look you at their faces. Choice. Yeah. No. No. You have a choice now, and I mean, this is a whole modern era too. Now, like, the, like if you have certain skill sets and technology and stuff, like they're going to put that into consideration too, right? Um. You know, I mean, I, at your age, when I was a kid, I mean, I was lugging around you know sandbags and concrete laying concrete so it's like yeah of course i was going infantry like that was no choice for me but mm. you guys have talent like i think you're gonna go somewhere else i'll, I'll watch me. somebody's kids yeah. <laughs> i'll babysit Stop playing. <laughs> i'll teach some lessons yeah. but again let, let's pray that that never does happen i think that we we are in a situation where we are we still have the ability to turn things around um Again, we should use every available opportunity to diffuse a situation with our words. And I assure you, I mean, that that is also my role, too, is before we start any fight, you know, we have to shake the hands and make sure, like, you know, have we done everything in our power to diffuse a situation? And if you're 
choice is still violence, like at the end of the day, mm-hmm. then, you know, let's discuss what that would look like before we even, you know, start this conversation. So um, I think it's important for us to, to understand that the, the war that we are all afraid of, we don't know if it's going to happen, but we can't live with the fear that it's, you know, it's going to happen and let that control our lives. We have to continue to work every single day and, you know, know that there are people out there who are keeping us safe. You know, I have Marines, uh, what we call downrange who are working every single day to keep us safe. And I have every trust and confidence in their abilities to do that. So I don't think that we should be afraid of what could happen. Um, but know that if that does happen and it is something to the point where everyone is activated, then yes, of course, I will be there with my Marines. But if it's a situation where um, there's so escalation of forces and things like that, no, I have um, written permission to be able to continue to do my duties until things do get, you know, interesting. And then it's all hands and we have to go. But again, let's pray that that doesn't happen. Yeah, that's a hypothetical that I'm hoping that doesn't come true. A hypothetical that he hopes doesn't come true. Yes. And then he said they raised the age limit. I hope it's not Did you Google around it? my age limit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm mean, like, I, I can't do nothing for you. I can't even go to the gym consistently. Well, they give you a gym membership now, too. So. Yeah, no, I still won't show up. I don't know. <laughs> still, you know, I'd I be like, people get on my nerves. By the time I get up, I want to go back to bed. So. I mean, <laughs> Could be an officer, right? No, I can't. No, can't do it. Can't do that. Give me your options. <laughs> I heard him. I... <laughs> well, we absolutely appreciate you coming and joining us today. Um, it's a it was a refreshing conversation. Um, I didn't know what to expect because I'm like, okay, what are we gonna talk about? But this was great. I learned a lot. Did you learn a lot, Keila? I did actually. I didn't uh-huh. know you could like not speak yeah. out like that. That's yeah. kind of crazy to deal with. I didn't know you yeah. couldn't raise money. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that, that too. There good. are people I, in this world who are not free, you know. Ooh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I, know, I, I mean, we're gonna see you on a meme soon as I uh, keep uh, on talking. <laughs> <laughs> they been going. get that back guy, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Anaya, you learned something today. Tell me something. I, I did. What you learned? Okay, what I learned was I feel like I learned about you more personally because I know we brought you here to talk about your campaign and your election. But like you said, learning about your military background, what you could and couldn't do, I don't think I would have mm-hmm. ever known that unless we asked. Well, I appreciate you for the opportunity. And we actually want to invite you back to join us for our open house event that we have coming up. And I'm going to tell you about it in a second. Ms. Quinessa, what you what you learn? Um, I was really intrigued by your um, idea of like committing to remote work and just Mm -hmm. being a very community focused as a city I think that that's like an approach that I haven't heard from a candidate and I think that it would be really effective yeah Yeah. I mean try to build a city then that you kind of want to live in right so yeah um and then uh someone in the chat said they learned a lot about you thank you for coming on Adrian you got something you learned yeah, uh, just learn more about what you think because we were all trying to look you up and <laughs> trying to find out how you were, and it was all kind of vague. And we're making our own assumptions, so just learning more about you was good. Yeah. I feel like that is a common thing everyone keeps saying. I think that yeah, hopefully the military didn't make me boring. I, don't know. <laughs> I think I guess it did. Yeah, I think that's cool though because it like they have to get to know you as a person, and I think people like that personal level. So. Boom. 
Well, they got to wait for that chance then. Invite me to a party. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then the last question that I see in the comment is, where can we find your events? So I don't know if you're talking about the candidate or you're talking about the podcast, but do you have some events coming up? Uh, this month, there are no events for me right now. So we have a lot of events going on for um, the, all the city uh, candidates are basically a different form, a different event going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. So what they did now this year is there's a league of women voters, right? Is basically running a lot of the different forums mm-hmm. and they just have back to back events to try to get more community engagement. So I would definitely. Some marine love on the screen Hoorah. for you. Hoorah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So all the different events are are all city organized events. So uh-huh. we'll be out to a lot of different things like that, the different forms. But you can find us on, um, I guess, at the individual through Instagram or on the website mm-hmm. or through the League of Women Voters. Yeah. Do you want to give them your website while you're here? Mm-hmm. It is Jose Antonio Avina the second. I I dot com. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just before everybody gets out of here, I know we've run out of time, but I got to run these down to you on um, February 10th. uh, BGSN is coming through with their annual Galentine's event. Uh, Oh, thank you for putting that up. I appreciate that. But before that, coming on the 7th, the Young Adult Support Network will be right here at uh, BYLP. HQ on Wednesday. So if you are between the ages of 18 and 24 and you just want to talk about life and eat some good food, come and join us on Wednesday. Um, Then we have our annual paint and sip coming up on February 24th and our annual office open house Um, that is coming up on the 29th. Everything can be found on our website, BYLP.org. And uh, I just want to put a little bug in everybody's ear because we are relaunching our legislative open house at the state capitol next month. So if you have uh, students between the uh, the grades of 7th and 12th grade, um, please make sure you are tuning in um, to when we make that application live on February 10th. I think that's what I said on that post. I don't know. I think it's February 10th, but we're looking forward to that. And before we get out of here for real this time, I just want to send a happy shout, happy birthday shout out to my baby Jada. She turned 19 today and we are so incredibly um, proud of her and we just want to send her some birthday love. So with that, we're going to hit y'all with the peace sign. We will see y'all next week right here <laughs> on Black versus the Board of Education, 430 PST, YouTube and Facebook. And Tevin's about to get beat up on the first day <laughs> in our new studio. Hey, he hits y'all with the George Jefferson. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's still alive. I know. He, I, you see, he just he's he's learning how to work 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 the lights. All right, we'll see y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>